0: Well, good morning again, everybody, and uh, uh, so glad that you are all here, and uh, if you're a guest today, you might not know, we are one church in three locations, so we want to welcome today our uh, New Garden campus, our Northern Guilford campus, plus everybody that has joined us online, and can we all at every location, we just put our hands together and welcome our church family? (laughs) So glad y'all are here. And then also this morning at every campus and every service, we have a lot of special guests. Today's Baptism Sunday and a lot of people here in our church will be baptized and they have invited their family and friends to be here to celebrate this special day with them. And I just wanna say how much I appreciate you honoring them, accepting the invitation, coming to support them today. And I know for the people being baptized that you're here to support, it means the world to them that you would come and make this a priority. So today, Sarah, can we just welcome, in every campus, can we welcome our guests, our special guests? Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Well, today we're in week four of a series called Kinetic. And if you don't know what the word kinetic means, kinetic, kinetic energy is the energy an object possesses. While in motion. And we've been comparing in this series the difference between potential energy and kinetic energy. And we've said the best way to kind of illustrate that is potential energy is the energy a ball possesses sitting at rest at the top of a hill. It has lots of potential, but it's it's at rest, it's not moving, it's just sitting there, and so its potential is not being realized. Kinetic energy is the energy that ball possesses as it rolls down the hill. And what we've said is that the Christian life is not a life of potential, that we want the Christian life to be kinetic. In other words, we wanna put our potential in motion. No one wants to get to the end of their life and say, my life had great potential, right? That's a great thing to say early in life, but we only get to the end of life and say, my life had great potential. Because if we say that at the, end of, the life, end of life, that means we spent our life just sitting there. We don't want to have potential energy. We want our potential to be realized. And in order for that to happen, we got to get the ball rolling. We got to take a step. See, what we're discovering in this series is that sometimes we're sitting and waiting on God, so we think when the truth is God's already taken a step and He is waiting on us. He's waiting on us to have the courage to to take a step, to, to get things in motion. And as we move, God meets us in that journey. That's what we've been talking about. And what we've also been trying to define is what are those steps? What is it that God is calling us to? What does it mean to follow Christ? And at Daystar, we've uh, been clear to define, this is our mission. Our mission is to help people to follow Christ. And so we put that in a statement, it goes like this. Whatever it takes to make Christ followers who know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Let's say that together. Whatever it takes to make Christ followers who know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And what we're saying is that we wanna help people take these steps. We wanna help people put their potential into motion. We want people to experience kinetic energy instead of just potential energy. So we've said that first step, knowing God, our strategy for helping people know God is our Sunday experience, our Sunday experience. So what we're trying to do in this environment every week is to cultivate and strengthen your personal relationship with God. Just imagine going to a church that chooses to not focus on religion and a list of rules, but instead focuses on helping you fall in love with God. Helping you learn to walk with God, knowing that if you learn to walk with God, he'll work out that other stuff. So this environment is designed to help you learn to walk with God. We've said step two is to to find freedom. And our strategy for finding freedom is our small groups, our small groups. So imagine, listen, imagine attending a church where you're not just a number in a crowd, but you're a part of a family. Isn't that better? Don't we wanna be a part of a family? And at Daystar, that's our emphasis. And small group gives us an environment where we can become a family, a spiritual family. And the reason that's so important is because it's in the context of those relationships that real change happens. It's in the context of those relationships that we get to lower our mask. Imagine attending a church where you don't have to pretend. Instead, you can become. And becoming is better than pretending, that's step two. We said step three is to discover our purpose and our strategy for discovering our purpose is growth track, growth track. Growth track is a four class series that we teach every single month that helps people learn how to take these steps to discover and to fulfill their purpose, which is so important, so important. You know, still today, the number one question people are asking is why am I here? Why was I created? Why am I on planet Earth? Many people live there. In fact, surveys suggest 80%, even of Christians, can never answer that question. We wanna make sure that's not your story. We wanna answer that question. In fact, last week was step three where we talk about that. We had record attendance and growth track. 76 people last week were discovering their purpose. Isn't that good? And we want you to discover your purpose Now, here's what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about step four. And step four is to make a difference, to make a difference. And psychology has confirmed what the Bible has been teaching us for thousands of years. And here it is. No matter how successful you are, no matter what you accomplish, no matter what you achieve, no matter what you gain, if you don't live your life for a transcendent purpose, if you don't live your life for something bigger than yourself, you will never be happy because we were created for more. We were created to live for a transcendent cause, a cause that is bigger than ourselves. And until we figure that out, man, we're never really satisfied. So at Daystar, our strategy for helping you to make a difference is the A-team, the A-team. When you showed up today, there were dozens of people all over our campus who are here to serve you, to help you, to bless you, That's the A-team, and they serve hundreds of volunteers week after week after week, why? Because they want to make a difference. Now, I wish I had time to talk about this, but in fact, it's so much, it's stirring in my heart. We're gonna talk about this in detail for the next four weeks, but let me give you a little preview. Because at Daystar, we want to make a difference, not just in a generic sense, but in a very specific sense that we feel called as a church. We feel a responsibility as a church to contribute to the body of Christ, the entire city and our world, some very specific things that we're gonna talk about for the next four weeks. So here they are. Let me just highlight on them. Number one, we feel responsible for taking the gospel to every person on the planet. And I don't know if you understand this or not, but even here in America, do you realize 80% of America is unreached? Do you realize that as as far as percentages go, that America has become one of the most unreached nations on planet earth? We have a responsibility as a church to take the good news of Jesus Christ to our city. And you want to know the truth? The truth is people want to know God. And the truth is for years, the church and Christians has just gotten in the way. And we want to make sure that doesn't happen. And to give every person in our county, in our city, an opportunity to hear the good news and say yes to the love of God. But not only here, we want to take the gospel to every unreached nation of the world. And boy, does our world need that right now. When you look at the news and you see what is happening in North Korea, you see what is happening with Iran, you see what is happening in Syria, you see our relationship to Russia and China, what's the answer to that? Let's elect the right person, right? Wrong. A political party, right? I wish, wrong. The answer is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news that God loves the world, amen? So if we, if we wanna see peace in our world, it's not gonna come because we have more nuclear bombs. The nuclear bomb our world needs is the power of God's love. And when we begin loving terrorists in these nations and preaching the good, that has the power to change our world and to usher in peace, amen? So we're gonna talk about that. The next thing we feel really that's just so important to us is to build strong families. I don't know if you realize this or not, but the first institution that God ever created, it was not the church. And it certainly was not a government. It was the family. In society, the future of the world rests on the foundation of strong families. We have a responsibility as a church to build, to empower you to build a great marriage, to empower you to disciple your kids, to build strong families. It's so essential and we are passionate about it. We are called to it. Man, again, our world needs it. You have friends, and I do too, and family and neighbors who desperately need help building a great family because, listen, again, you can achieve all kinds of things if you lose your family. It's very hard to have a a life of satisfaction and contentment because something very painful happens in that experience, right? So we, we wanna build strong families. Here's the third thing, is we wanna reach the next generation. One of the things that for years and years and years, this, I wish I had time to tell you the history, but this is kind of how our church got started, is that we have a responsibility to give our faith to the next generation. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but 80% of all the people that come to Christ today do so before the age of 13, 13, which means we have to do our very best. Listen, not focused on the old people like me, We have to do our very best to focus on young people in the next generation, which means I've got to get over myself so that I can give the gospel to the next generation. Amen. Amen. It's not about me. I'm already in. I'm walking with God. I'm gonna lay down my life so that somebody else can get in. And so we've got to do just a fantastic job with children, with youth, with college students, with single adults. We want to do our very best to raise them up. And when you study revival history, you know what you discover? Every revival in the history of the world started with those young people. Jesus gathered a group of 12 teenagers and launched the church. And man, we want to bring in a great revival and to do it with our young people. Here's the final thing, is that we want to build leaders And here's my conviction. If I can teach you to lead, if I can turn you into a leader, not just a follower, then you're gonna be more fruitful, more successful in every area of your life. Because leaders, once you understand how to lead, you can just about do anything. So it's going to empower you in your marriage. It's going to empower you with your kids. It's going to empower you at work. It's going to empower you in the neighborhood. It's going to empower you in the PTA. It's going to empower you at the gym and on the ball field. And all these places we go where we have influence. If I can turn you into a leader, then you begin to prosper and to bring life and the kingdom of God into every situation that you live in. So we are very passionate. We have a responsibility as a church to raise up great So we're going to talk about those things in detail for the next four weeks. Don't miss it. there was a time in history where the early church was in the same place that we find ourselves in today. Jesus has finished his public ministry. He's already died on the cross. He's risen from the dead. He tells the church to go to Jerusalem and wait and to pray. And so they're waiting and praying. Listen, the church is full of potential. 120 people full of potential but now it's time to put their potential in motion. And in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit descends upon the church. And in that moment in Jerusalem, this is fascinating. In Jerusalem, there's a a multitude of Jewish people. They're not secular. They believe in God. They've come to Jerusalem for the Passover. It's kind of like their Christmas or Easter service. All the religious people have shown up. And Peter stands up and he begins to preach this fiery message to a group of people. Listen, a group of people who think they're waiting on God. But God is waiting on them. See, God has already sent the Messiah, the Savior. He's already died and rose from the dead. And now the church has shown up, the Jewish people have shown up in Jerusalem and God is trying to get the ball rolling. He's trying to turn their potential kinetic. And so Peter stands up and preaches a message where he explains the good news. He helps them to understand, listen, that God loves you and that God sent his one and only son in order to rescue and to redeem Your life. He wants them to understand, listen, that all of us are born in sin, did you know that? All of us have sinned. All of us fall short of God's glory. All of us fall short of God's moral standard. Sometimes when you come to a church like this and you look around the room, you kind of assume, boy, look at these people, they look so good. Their life is together. They never understand what I've been through. I could never be as good as them you would be shocked to find out the story of people in this room. Because listen, everyone in this room has a past. Everyone in this room has things in their past they would never tell the rest of the people in this room. That's true for me. And it's true for everybody else in the room. And it was true to everybody Peter was talking about. And Peter helped him to understand, God, listen, God would have been perfectly just to judge us and to wipe us out. But instead, he loved us and sent Jesus his one and only son who went to the cross and died on the cross to pay for my sin and to pay for your sin. On the third day, he rose from the dead so that we could have eternal life. He ascended to heaven so that he could send the Holy Spirit to live inside of me and you. See, the truth is, just like the early church, it'd be very easy, it'd be very tempting for us to sit back and say, well, God, I'm just praying that you would do something and God does wanna do something, but he wants to do it through you. He will not do it without us. He will do it through us. But we have to put our our life in motion. And so Peter stands up and he preaches this message. And I wanna highlight just the ending of his message. This is so great. It says in verse 37, it says, Peter's words pierced their heart. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And maybe today you showed up at Daystar and during the worship, and as I'm talking, something is stirring in your heart. For some of you, it was hard not to be emotional in the worship. You, 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 you parked your car and started walking in and you just, something was happening right there. That's what Peter is describing. And that's the presence of God. That's the love of God. That's the Holy Spirit trying to get hold of you. And to show you his love. It says they were pierced the heart. And so they begin to cry out. Listen to this. They begin to say, Brothers, Peter, what should we do? And Peter answers that question. Here's what he says. He says, verse 38, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. He says, This promise is to you, to those Jews present that day. To your children who weren't present that day, to the Gentiles, which is all of us who are not Jewish, to all of us, and to all who have been called by the Lord our God. So it applies to all of us. And then he continued to preach and strongly urged his listeners save yourself from this crooked generation. And listen, those who believed what Peter said that day were baptized and added to the church. 3,000 people that day made a decision. Amen. So again, what must we do? Peter gave us four things. He said, number one, you gotta repent. Now, when we hear repent, because we grew up in the Bible Belt, most of us have some church history and maybe even some church hurt, and we hear repent and we think of a a, a big angry preacher with a red face and a giant Bible about to beat the devil out of us. We think that's where repent, you know, this ugly thing like that, right? That's not what repentance means. Listen, here's here's what what repentance means. Repentance means change direction. Repentance is simply God saying, listen, don't settle. Listen, here's the heart of God. You gotta get this. Repentance is God saying, don't settle for less than what I have. Change direction, come with me. Change direction, come with me. What I have is better than what you have. Change direction, come with me. Listen, here's, here's what God would say. You can know God. Don't settle for religion. You can live in freedom. Don't settle for bondage. You can know your purpose. Don't settle for the American dream. You can make a difference. Don't settle for just paying the bills. Jesus said, listen, change direction. Come with me. I've got something better for you. That's what repentance means. It's, it's, it's God. He's almost giddy about this. He's saying, man, I've got something wonderful, great for you. It's going to bless you. It's going to satisfy you. But you've got to turn away from the world and come with me. Come on, come with me. I've got something great for you. That's what it means to repent. He says, repent. Second, he says, turn to God. So when we change direction, we're turning away from something and to someone. And the someone is the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who loves us and gave his life for us. And listen, this is more than just a a head knowledge, it's more than an intellectual agreement with, with historical facts, it's trust. It's trusting Jesus with your salvation, with your future, with your relationships, with your time, with your heart. Turn away from the world. The world cannot satisfy those things. Turn to God and trust Him. Third, He says, be baptized. Why? Because baptism was their opportunity to publicly declare, I'm turning away from my life of selfish independence and I'm turning to Jesus. It was their opportunity to publicly declare, I'm identifying with this family. And listen, in the first century, this was a big deal because to be publicly baptized in the first century basically was treason. It was your public... Declaration: Jesus is my king, not Caesar. My loyalty is to the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Rome. And it cost them their life, and their families, and everything they had. They were all in. And today, there's a, a bunch of people, dozens of people at both at all of our campuses who are being baptized today, and it's their opportunity to stand up and to say, "Man, I'm identifying." With the family of god that jesus is my king my allegiance is to him i am dying to my life of selfish independence and i am living for the glory of god amen man that's what it's about so he says if you'll repent if you'll turn to god if you'll be baptized listen to what he says he says then the holy spirit is going to come And the Holy Spirit, this is so important, so important. In fact, I just did a series on this a few weeks ago. You can go online and and hear it. I encourage you to do it. But the Holy Spirit is what allows us to live in the presence of God. And when we learn to live in God's presence, we find peace and security. We understand who we are. We find wisdom. We experience God's love. We find the power, the strength to live the Christian life. So today, just like Peter, I'm urging you today, repent, turn to God, be baptized today. And if you will, the Holy Spirit is gonna move into your life like a breath of fresh air. And you're gonna discover the life that you were created for. And here's how we're gonna end our service. In Just a moment, I'm gonna give you if you've never had a personal relationship with God, or maybe you would say, you know, I've been to church before and, and I've been to services like this and I've got some religion, but the truth is, the truth is God feels like he's a million miles away. Maybe that's you this morning. I wanna give you an opportunity today to begin a relationship with God. Maybe you've never been to church, this is your first time. I wanna give you today an opportunity to begin a relationship with God. I'm gonna lead you through a prayer. Prayer is just talking to God. And to give you an opportunity to say to Jesus, Jesus, I want you to be my savior and king. I need your forgiveness and grace. I'm inviting you into my life. And if you're ready to take that step, this is your moment. So I'm gonna lead you through that prayer. And then I'm gonna explain who's being baptized and why. Because some of you may decide today to be baptized. And then I'm gonna pray again for that service. We're gonna sing a final song and then we're gonna baptize all the people in this service who are here to be baptized. So first things first, if you want to begin a relationship with God, if you wanna make a fresh start today, wouldn't it be wonderful to put your head on your pillow tonight and know my past is forgiven. Wouldn't it be great tonight to put your head on your pillow and to know that my future is secure, that God loves me, that I am His child, that I can walk with Him. Wouldn't that be good? Man, this is your moment. In fact, I'm going to ask our entire church family, those of you that already have a relationship with Christ, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me because I don't want our guests, we have a lot of guests, I don't want you to feel embarrassed or singled out. Because for some of you, you're going to be praying this for the first time and our goal is not to embarrass you, it's just to give you an opportunity to make that step as easy as possible. So let's bow our heads at every campus, those of you joining us online right now. And if you're ready to begin a relationship with Christ right there in your seat, I want you to pray this prayer and all of us who already have a relationship with Christ at every campus, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I am guilty. I've sinned against you. I have a past. But God, you are faithful. You love me and gave your life for me. So today I'm inviting you to be my savior and my king. Teach me to follow you the rest of my days. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for checking out Daystar Church online. I hope that today's message was both encouraging and challenging toward your relationship with God. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life. So please email us at mystory@daystargs.o.com. If you'd like to find out more about our church or how you can get connected or support it, please visit our website at daystargso.com. Thanks again. We hope to have you back soon.